And we're here again on the Cannon Podcast. Ken Brown from WGI Radio. Michael here at DetroitLions.com as we talk Lions football game one of the 2021 season. Hello, Michael. Hello, Kenny Brown. You sound like you're as excited as I am. Well, I'm, I'm excited for football after watching a bunch of college football. I'm going to tell you, I'll, we'll get to pro football in a second, but I'm going to tell you right now, you don't watch much college football, but they got to oh, do yeah, something what? about this targeting rule, man, where they're throwing guys out for these hits. It's just it's ridiculous. If they did that in the pros, nobody would go to a game anymore. Well, hold on a second. People will still go to the games because they like big hits and all that. Yeah, but then but you don't get to do the, one. The, then you'd be thrown the out. Is, right, the penalty is too severe, especially sometimes when the offensive player, the player with the ball really, in effect, creates the hit exactly. by ducking out of the whatever. Ducks, the down, but, his you head. know what? You know what, though? That's their problem. Let them work on it. Well, they need to work on call, that because that def- call me when you fix it. That definitely proved me wanting to watch more Sunday football than um, than Saturday football. And it was a week, a strange week, because usually college starts, the pros start that Sunday. But because of the season and the way they're doing it, this is an extra weekend. So this was a weekend of evaluation. Can we call it that, Mike? You can call it that, but you know what? I, I like the extra week the way it, the way it developed. You know why? Because I think teams have a chance to get the nagging injuries one more one more week for their player, and it's sort of like kind of ramping up to something instead of just just you know continuing what you've already been doing. I think it makes it seem just a little more special. Okay, we'll see if you like in January 29th if you have to go to Green Bay for the NFC Championship game out there freezing when you know the the ice no. bowl was played the early January. Well, you know what? That's part of the deal, and I've done that before. So it's that's part of the charm of the charm of Green Bay, and it's part of the fun of covering pro football. Well, thank God they still got Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they probably won't be there this year. Thank, thankfully, so we won't have to worry about it. Anyway, that's my Aaron Rodgers. Are we going to talk? Are we getting ready? That's my Aaron Rodgers dig for the day. Are we going to keep venting? Or are we going to talk about what we're going to talk? Well, about? I was going to talk about the Lions, but since the, the, this, uh, well, let me. I got to look at the time because the baby. I'm going to call them the baby Lions because they're probably the second youngest team in the league and pretty much a baby roster. We haven't talked since the roster cuts, but um, pretty much uh, this looks like a rebuild to me. What do you think, Mike? Well, it looked like a rebuild the day that that, that Brad Holmes and and uh, Dan Campbell were hired. Well, he didn't say rebuild, though. He said yeah, retool. Yeah, I did. I called it a rebuild. Okay, yeah. No, that's what I'm calling I called it a rebuild. Okay. It is what it is. And you know what? When you change your roster the way they did and, and, and you change, really changed everything. I mean, they changed the culture. I think it's I think it's now, the you know, the the proof of it will be on the way they play over a period of time. But I think they've changed the culture. The entire culture in that building is different now than it was a year ago. Okay, well, explain, let's stop right there for a second. Explain that to me and to the layman people out there that don't cover this team every day like you have for the last how many years. Exactly what is the culture before and what changed? Well, the culture before, and I think this, and, and losing has something to do with it, but not everything. But my sense, you know, and look, this is just my opinion, but I just think people got worn out the last regime. They got worn out in a fa- got worn out in a hurry. And I think you've heard this uh, after the firing of Bob Quinn as general manager and, and Matt Patricia as the head coach. Not immediately after, but once they got into the search for for replacements, you heard about inclusion and exclusion, and people in that building felt excluded by you know this new regime that came in basically. You know, two years apart, and took over from from uh, you know from New England, 
and t- took over, and people just didn't feel a part of that group. They felt like they were d- deliberately excluded. I've heard that said over and over by people whose opinions count and who, who I know have no real axe to grind because they're still working there. They work for that group. They're working for this group. And and I think that they've changed the culture there. I think it's more inclusive. Now, look, Matt, or I'm not Matt, uh, uh, Ben Campbell and, 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 and Brad Campbell. Holmes, they don't come in. Dan Campbell, they don't come and, and whisper in my ear what they're going to do and ask me what they think I should, you know, what, what I think they should do. But there's, it's just a completely different feeling. Do you understand, though, what the last group tried to do? Because if we can go back three years ago, by them excluding everybody else and doing it their way, like the New England way, they were saying they were trying to change the culture. So when you hear about this group changing the culture, that's what they said when they came in. We're not doing anything that was done before. We're going to do our own thing. Listen, we've been on a winner. We're going to do this. It didn't work, but that was their attempt to change the culture. Am I right? Didn't work. Right, but that was their attempt, though, right? The results are there. Yeah, the okay. results are there, and so, it didn't work. And, and 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 hold on, and there was a feeling, not right away because because Jim Caldwell, who truly did change the culture, he really did, but Jim Caldwell was there for a couple of years, for two years, and there was still that feeling of of being part of it, and that changed when when Matt Patricia came, and that everything just changed then. It really did. The tone, and look, I'm not a Matt Patricia hater at all. Don't. Don't anybody out there think I'm, I'm, I feel that way at all? I don't. Or Bob Quinn. But everything changed. It really did. Yeah. And like I said, I, to me, culture to me means winning. I, I know that they don't equate it that you're way. You're asking me, Kenny, you're asking me two different questions. No, no, I'm talking about me now. I, I heard what you said. I'm talking about what I'm talking about. Well, I'm stopped listening. <laughs> I think just, <laughs> I, do, I just think I the culture right. is always going to be good if you win it. And you could have the worst culture in the world, but if you're winning, it'll be acceptable. So no, you got to win. Organiz- you got to win. I've seen organization. No, I've seen organization. It certainly helps. It really does. And losing doesn't help. But I've seen organizations, not going to get into them, that when they were winning, things weren't great either. Okay. Well, let's put it like this. We can start from that point. The preseason predictions by most people, which mean exactly nothing, but they are a barometer on what people think of the team. I've seen anywhere from three wins to seven wins. I, I've seen mostly in the three, four, five area. Five is the probably the overall one that most people say. Yeah, there's not a lot of um, enthusiasm for this Lions team, and I can't blame them. I'm looking at the roster. I don't, you know, it's just not there. There's no – right, I, I would agree with that. There's not an awful lot of enthusiasm for the, for the, the results of this team. But I think there's a different feeling about the team – that they might have a chance to fix it. Now, look, once again, the proof is in the wins and losses. It's on the field. But I, I think that they're, doing, they're going about it the right way, strip it down, start over, get your own people, get your own coaches, get people who had experience. I think it's the right way to go, but it doesn't guarantee that it's going to work. Has there ever been a team uh, that you can think of offhand? I know that's an out-of-the-blue question. That wasn't really talented, that made the playoffs? And were predicted not to the last team. I'm sure it's been some over the history. Oh, I mean, I mean recently, kinds, you know. but just one where it should. just wasn't looked at to be a talented team. Yet they they made a playoff run. I'm trying to think of one. I can't. Well, I think I look. I don't think the New York Jets were when when they drafted uh, who was the quarterback they drafted fifth overall, made the oh, playoffs Sanchez. two straight years. Yeah, Mark Sanchez. I don't think anybody was expecting that. And you know they had a good defense and a quarterback who was functional, kind of took care of the ball. Nothing spectacular. They got to the NFC or the AFC Championship game. I don't think anybody anybody saw that coming at all. Yeah. 
Well, it starts... and, and if truth be told, I don't think anybody expected that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year were going to win this win the Super Bowl. They were seven and five with four games left in the regular season. They were on the brink of not making the playoffs. True, but they had talent. They just were missing pieces. I mean, they've always had talent. Even the, the year they had talent, with Jamie and, Winston, and, and, they had a bad quarterback that was reckless with the ball the year before. And look, I, they were yeah, but they were eight. They were eight and eight the year before, and they were seven and five with, with, with right. four games to go. Right, but I'm just saying and, the year and, before the quarterback was throwing thirty interceptions, so they there was a reason why. You know, you had a guy that's right. Like, that's like one player can change a position. One quarterback probably could change a position. I don't know about this Lions team because, to me, they're just young and not great. But like, like I said, we'll see how Dan Campbell – and it's really – I don't even know. How do you judge Campbell on this year? Well, let's wait till he plays a game, okay? No, I'm just saying, how, how I, are we judging him? I, I like his approach. He's a, he's a man in charge. There's no doubt about that. So are we going to judge I him think- on the, the order of the team or are we going to judge him on – you, I don't know how you can judge them on wins and losses if you're breaking it down and, and starting it back up. So I'm just trying to figure well, out how do you judge it? Well, you're asking, you know, before they've even played a game. But what he's done so far, I think I think they practice. I think they work hard. I think they work smart. I think, uh, you know, look, we're out there, Tim Twentyman and I, my writing partner, DetroitLions.com, and the beat guys are out there every day. Now that changes during the regular season. You only get to see the first 15 minutes, which is basically nothing. But the, the organizationally decisions what they've made, both he and Brad Holmes haven't done anything in terms of in terms of the team itself. Where I thought, God, you guys are nuts! And you know what are you doing that for? But it's not like they brought in some old retreads and just to patch a hole in the offense or offense or defense for this year, and then you know jettison them next year and get get another old patch to put in. I think, like I said, I think they're doing it the right way, and that's what I judge it on. I mean, Dan Campbell has a say-so, doesn't have the final authority, I don't think. That would be the general manager. But he has a say-so in the directions they go on personnel, and I think they're in the right direction. They also have an awful long way to go, and the longer the way you have to go, the more chance there are to make mistakes. So far, I think they've done fine. All right. Well, we didn't talk since the last cuts were made, and – Really right. not nothing surprising except for Terrell nothing. Crosby. I thought was a surprising cut. The well, Ford, I didn't, you know, I, I I won't give you all of them. The Ford cut, you know, and then he essentially was picked up by Denver. That was a different story. I thought he was going to make the team, but those two and and everybody. I'm I'm just uh, I'm upset. Jelani Tavai was cut because I needed a whipping boy for this year, and I didn't get it. So that's another second round pick gone by the wayside. But that was expected well, too. And, um, uh, I don't think it was a hundred. I don't think it was. I think it was. I think it was likely, but maybe not expected. I think there was a way that a guy who's played a couple of years in the league and got in better, better shape or got lighter anyway, might have a way to make the roster. I mean, I'll give him credit. He made the commitment, but you Good know, I, I, I like it, but I wasn't surprised. No, I always he was a guy who was always chasing the play. Right. He was never making Couldn't the play. play. Couldn't play. And. um that maybe the, he'll get look. He's 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 with the Patriots. Maybe he'll get in their system and be a player. Do you think Crosby, even though he was cut or waived injured, and he reverted to the injured reserve since nobody picked him up? You see a way back for him, or once you do that cut, wave injured, that they just gonna make a settlement and let him go? Because I I would keep him, man. I thought he was a serviceable backup at at worst. Yeah, I think he had some value. I I, I don't think he was. I don't think uh, Terrell was ever going to be a full time starter here in Detroit. There are just too many good offensive linemen ahead of him right now. 
and, and, and guys were going to be ahead of him for a long time. Because this is a young offensive line, and guys with it, all of them have time left on their contract. They really do. So there's not going to be any great turnover there anytime, anytime soon. So uh, I thought I didn't think he was a slam dunk to make it one way or the other. I could see it both ways. I think I think I think the development of Logan Steinberg, Logan Steinberg, or Stenberg, I should say. I think the development of Logan Stenberg, fourth round draft pick from Kentucky last year, I think uh, probably sealed his fate. Maybe just a little more powerful, a little stronger offensive lineman uh, uh, took that spot that, that that Crosby might have had. Do you think that um, he's gonna? revert back to the roster or do you think they're just going to wave him and pay him off to go because they still have they still have his rights for the rest of the year i'm not sure i'm not sure about that you know first of all you have to know the length of the injury if it's like a two-week injury or a three-week injury with a player and i'm not saying this is going to be crosby's case you might you know give him his two or three weeks pay and and and, and let him go and let him find another team but i don't know under the rules of crosby's a candidate to come back this year if you're cut, if you if you're cut before the last cut or in the last cut, you can't come back. If, you, if you're cut after, or if you're put on injured reserve, I should say, let me rephrase that. If you're put on injured reserve at the last cut, you're not eligible to come back. You have to be. If you do it the next day after the rosters have been set, then you're eligible to come back. Like the quarterback uh, uh, Tim Boyle, he's eligible to come back. That's why they waited a day. Right, but I think he was waived injured. I think that he just reverts to the injury reserve. Well, he could. And I mean, come you know, back. He and could. he can come I mean, back. I, you can bring him back whenever, if or not bring him back. You can give him his money. And, 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 let look, him go. He, and he was a terrific guy, and he was really well liked in the locker room and, and good willing. I think he start, I think he started ten or eleven games last year at, at I know at tackle and maybe guard also. He was a he was a guy who was ready to step in and 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 and, and you know he could finish a game with him. Right. And they picked up a couple of uh, new receivers, uh, Trina right. Benson and Kadario Hodge. You know, I, I used to get off into who they would bring in and and research whatever, but these guys are bottom of the roster players. Maybe they might help you eventually if I, up down or two here or a game or two here, but there's no – you know, I rarely see a game changer come in on the last cut these pickups. They're just guys filling out the roster. Well, so usually it's uh, it's if it's going to be a game changer, it's usually going to be a uh, a veteran who's got a couple of years left but doesn't fit with the team's roster. But I like uh, I like Trinity Benson. You know, I looked at his uh, his workouts two years ago before the before the draft, and he could run, he could jump, he was athletic. You know, he came from a small, I mean, a super small school out in in, in Ada, Oklahoma. And he had two years on the Broncos uh, practice squad, and especially last year and this year, really stuck behind some really highly talented wide receivers there. That's one thing the Broncos have. They have talent on offense. They really do. It's just a question. If they can get a quarterback to get the ball to them and run the offense, they got a chance to make some noise in the AFC West. But uh, I, I like I like Trinity Benson. I really do. He, that, that, he's an example, Kenny. Of why you know scouts like when they go to preseason games, you'll see them up there in the, in the press box with their binocular, out there watching guys warm up, watching them run routes, watching them you know every position, not just wide receiver, running back, quarterback. See how they drop, see how they throw, see how they release the ball. Or somewhere down the line, they might uh, you know they, they make notes of that. And somewhere down the line, you might pick up a player. And Rob Lowman, who's the director of pro scouting, been in the Lions front office a long time. He's the one who recommended. Uh, that they take a look at at, uh, at 
Trinity Benson, and and they did. And what, you were there, I think. Was it was it uh, Dan Campbell or or, or Brad Holmes? Brad Holmes. Never, he had never heard of him. Right, yeah. Brad had never heard of him. He said, "Who the heck, who yeah. the heck is this?" Okay. He didn't say heck. All right. Well, we'll see him. We'll <laughs> so see we'll him. see. You know. Yeah, we'll see. What 30, is there to lose? Twenty catches in a year. Big deal. All right. I'm moving on. Um, I did a couple. No, no, no. I'm not. You're not gonna look, look, have me hyping up some guy that came off the practice. I'm not hyping. I'm not. All right. I'm just saying. Okay. I'm fine. I'm just writing them off. I'm just saying these guys yes, are, are bottom you know of the are? roster players. You know what you're giving him? You know what you're giving him? You know, build him up. You're giving him the. You're giving the. No, no. You're giving him the Kenny Brown with the right to change your mind. Let's move on. Look, like I said, happy, happy development. Two guys I am surprised made the roster. I'm moving on. Um, Charles Harris, I thought that he was – I thought this was the last step from him being out of the league. I don't know if he did enough to make a real team, but he made this team. And uh, he did show a little bit in preseason, a former first-round pick. And uh, He was thought, a former first-round pick from Missouri. Yeah, yeah, he was taking one pick after the Lions took uh, took Taylor Decker. Right. And uh, he, he stuck. So we'll see if he's got anything left. Well, like I said, I, making this team to me is – it's not equivalent to making a real team yet because there was a lot of spots you could get into. So we'll see if he helps. But that was a surprise to me. And uh, Austin Bryant's play surprised me during preseason. I thought that he played well. If he could stay healthy, you might get some plays out of him. Well, that's you know you know the one thing that's the, probably the thing that struck me the most in the final. In the, I shouldn't say final cuts in the cut to fifty three is that the Lions kept seventeen a combination of linebackers. And defensive linemen, seventeen of them. That's a thirty-year roster when you count, you know, exclude the, the you know, the, the specialist, the punter, kicker, and, and, and long snapper. Seventeen, uh, ten linebackers and seven defensive linemen, or vice versa. I forget which it was. I think it was no, it was ten linebackers and seven defensive ends. Something, whatever. It was a total of seventeen that reduced to sixteen when they put uh, Deshaun Hand on, on injured reserve, but. That just goes to show you they've 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 got a lot of young legs and a lot of faith I think in those guys in the front seven now they really do. Yeah, um, the kicker will be Austin Seabra to pick up that also came in the last uh, after the last. I think cut. that was an upgrade over anything they had. Well, the change. guy who's never kicked a fifty-yard field goal if that's your upgrade and you got some problems kicking. I I looked at him I saw him at Oklahoma. You know, okay, okay, we'll see another. Like I said, I'm not getting hyped up over these pickups. You know. Well, then, if you're not going to get hyped up, don't get hyped down either. Well, I'm just going on what his stats are. Guys never kicked a 50 yarder. He was the average at best over 40, and now he's just your yeah. kicker. So we'll see. Like I said, maybe kicking ain't going to be their problem this year. Trust me. It's, it's, they got well, a lot it of seems like problems. it's just, Kenny. It seems like it, it. We're talking about the war of the worlds here with the kicker with you. <laughs> well, when you come Jeez. off when you come off Matt Prater, who was booming him deep, and even though he did have a bad year last year, and he was starting to slip. Still a better kicker than oh. what you ended up with. Well, we'll see. We'll see about it. I'm, look, I'm not going to start down in Matt Prater. He did a lot of great things for this franchise. That's what I said. He I really said he was did. starting to slip last year, but he was still booming him. He still had a what, what made you think he was slipping? Oh, he's missing extra points. He was missing field goals last year. He was. He, he, it wasn't a – if you look at it, he, he was slipping last year. I, I saw it. Just go look at his, at, his, at some of the – Was he slipping with that 50-yard extra point he made to beat to – beat? To beat the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, so we we gonna take one kick out of the whole season, and we gonna we gonna um, praise that. Yes, that we saying? are. Go yes, look at his whole yes. season. He missed a lot of kicks he normally didn't miss last year, Mike. Well, on his last kick for the Detroit Lions, he set the record for most 
field goals made of 50 yards or longer, oh, breaking the record that once held by Sebastian Janikowski. Okay. But you knew that. You just forgot. Yeah, right? I'm happy for him. Okay. I, hope I can have, tell. I hope they have a um, pray today in Ken, Arizona. do me a favor. Don't ever be happy for me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could take it. All right. Well, before we go, we got to talk about the game this week. Well, this is not the way. This is not the team you want to start a season. I, and this is this is my one beef with Dan Campbell. And it may be stupid to everybody out there, but this is just me. When I come in exhibition game or regular season game, I want to get a victory just to say we got one. Right. They had an opportunity that first game, and he wanted to manage the team to, to evaluate instead of going for the victory. And I thought if he had started off with a victory, that would have just eased it up a little bit. I know it doesn't mean a lot to everybody else, but you just like to taste a W. You know, next year when they get to the preseason, you know what, if they get like a fourth and goal at the one, I want him to call time. Then I want up there on the state stadium scoreboard, this one's for you, Ken Brown and blast it in and win a game. Well, see, okay? that, that's not the point, though. <laughs> the point was he – Just for you. He didn't go – he went for two instead of tying it up. And then at the end, he could have milked the clock down and did it like a regular game and, and played the win. I, I know he didn't know that somebody was going to give up a 41-yarder, but I'm just saying, try to get a win to just to let your team know what winning is like. That, that's why over the years, even though exhibition season means nothing, I just think you win when you can, and it's a good feeling. Now he's three yep. games coaching. He hasn't won yet. They're not winning Sunday. They're not. Let me repeat that again. They're not winning Sunday, unless Earth, unless a, a hurricane or something comes through the, the place. They're, they're seven and a half point favorite. I mean, um, underdog. I think the biggest underdog of any team coming into this week. And the Jacksonville Jaguars beat New, New, New Orleans in the opener last year. And it was the only game they won. Something like that. Something like that happened. And your point? It can happen. Well, New, uh, as we turned out, New Orleans wasn't the greatest team last year, though. The 49ers are a legitimate Super Bowl contending team. I'm not so sure about that, honestly. I just I just broke them down for uh, my scouting column for DetroitLions.com. I'm not as sure about that as other people are. Okay. Well, now, look, I, I, they, look, they were 13-3 last year, 2019, and six and ten in twenty twenty because of injuries, and they got they got ravaged with injuries right. from game one right through the season. Right, but but if you look at the entire roster, I'm not so sure that this is all of a sudden they're going to be back to thirteen and three. Okay, well then jump well, thirteen on the, and four. Then jump on the Matt Stafford bandwagon like Peter King and everybody has, and they already got them winning the Super Bowl, which is going to be the epitome. I'm telling you right now, if Matt Stafford wins the Super Bowl this year, half of Detroit should move out of town. The half well, that called every radio station and yelled how he was the problem and as soon as you got rid of him. If he wins this year, I want those guys to come and account for themselves because, like I told you, it wasn't the quarterback's fault. I should have kept notes with some of your proclamations over the years. <laughs> I could get you to move out of town. <laughs> move out of town. All right, Mike, so give me a quick prediction for uh, Sunday. Well, I still got you know five days to work on it, but I, I think it's going to be a closer game than people think. Uh, I'm tempted to predict that the Detroit Lions will win more than five and a half games. They'll get to six. I think it, it, for some people seem to think that outside like climbing the Matterhorn. No, it's not. It's just playing football. There's nothing impossible. But I think it'll be. I think they'll get under the number of seven, which is now up to seven and a half. 
I think it'll be closer than that. I really do. All right, I'm saying uh, 28 to uh, seven, 28 to ten. Yeah, not a not a big well, you, start. Well, hold it, keep talking. You're getting closer. Well, we're watching 28 seven to 28 ten. I'll give him one touchdown and maybe a couple of field goals, but no more than 13. I, I just think that it's keep not, going. It's not it's 28 be 13 is a comeback. Be, it's not going to be pretty, but that's that's what uh, I predict. It's not going to be pretty, and I'm all right I, with it. I'm all right with it. I'm all right with it. I think something more on the lines of 26, 23, 26, 24, something like that. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, Mike, we'll talk next week uh, with the baby lions, the, the Cubs. We'll see what happens with them and see how they develop. We'll see if Coach Campbell makes it through the first week unscathed. If he doesn't do any bad coaching, we'll be here to talk about it. If he does good coaching, we'll be here to talk about it. And we'll just uh, move on as the season of rebuild starts for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> <laughs> and can I make a plea for one thing yes. before we hang up, yes. before, we, before we sign off? Yes. Could we not talk about the officials this year? I'm sick of it. Who talks about the officials? We talk about, I'm not saying you did. I'm just saying, can we just not talk about the officials? Sure. They don't win and lose every game. If, I hear more of that about the officials in a lot of games than I do the game itself. Well, we won't talk about that. I'm, I'm sick of it. We okay? won't talk about it. Thank you. We won't talk about You've it. Made, you know what? I haven't been this happy in a long time. And Penny Sewell is not a bust. <laughs> I just want to get oh, that. Oh, he's in. not a bust. Well, according to talk radio, man, he's the worst graded folk, pro football focus when he's a bust already and we should have took blah, blah, blah. All right, get off pro football focus is, is jockstrap, okay? Uh, they're not the, the god of football. They Their ratings are, are, are have discrepancies in them like everybody else's. And just look at your eyes. I, I see a kid developing, run block, and he was strong to me, and he's got some pass work to work on. But, geez, after three exhibition games, you're ready to throw him back? Get off of it! He's got till halftime Sunday to impress me, okay? Well, he's got until Boa tries to go by him one time. He put Boa in that dirt, then I'm, I'm all right. That's all I want to see. Oregon knocking off Ohio State. Can I ask just one other thing, too? We talked about all the injuries that the, that the, that the 49ers had. And look, at their one point, I looked this up, one point during the season, they had 22 players out. 22 out. That's, you know, that's, that's half your roster almost, if you don't count the, the, uh, count the specialists. Right. Who says all these guys are going to come back at full strength? Who says? That's true. We'll see. You know, who says, especially opening day. Who says they're going to be in shape to go the distance opening day? Uh-huh. Now, you know, I really, honestly, I hope they are. I don't wish any harm at anybody. But who says? Mike, you're, you're like the Christmas angel there, giving hope to the community. Thank you. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's Michael here at Detroit Lions. Oh, and by the time this comes up, uh, WGR Radio, the Mitch Alvin Show, we will be having T.J. Hawkinson every week this year. Stafford's gone now. Every Tuesday? Every Monday. It'll be Tuesday today, but every, every Monday, Monday from now. So 5.30 oh. p.m. today, join in for the hawk. We got the hawk. We got the best player on the we squad. We should have said that first. The hawk. Turn, got... turn this thing up. Play it backwards. <laughs> the hawk will be on this <laughs> afternoon at 530, so check them out. All right. All right, Mike, All talk right. to you next week. All right, Kenny Brown.